Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. I'd like to welcome a special guest, Anissa Fijan Watts. Anissa is the author of The Casborn Creoles of Louisiana, Legally Divided in Black and White. She is also my long lost cousin, and I, I am so excited to be able to finally share this story. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I am I'm trying good. to get my camera together. Anissa, this is Mandy. I'm pleased <laughs> to meet you, Anissa. You too. You know, and I exactly. just kind of want to go back and just lay this out how I even know Anissa. <laughs> it was divinely guided I took my DNA test Mandy and I her and I we were actually out with the girls on the highway when I got my test back I wasn't really that surprised that I had African blood in me I mean I'm from Louisiana I mean in my generation that seemed to be definitely possible we have dark people in my family we have light we have curly hair we have I mean (laughs) exactly it's like you know we've got characteristics that if I was going to tell anybody my results and share this with the family that I kind of needed to have some more information I I was like a six-month-old sitting in front of a computer at the time I had no idea how to access or, or really do ancestry at the time I decided to build my tree to find out, you know, which side it was. I absolutely assumed it was my cowboy side. I mean, my mom grew up in the French Quarter. Her mom did, and supposedly her mother did. And that is what we knew. My papa, though, being a trawler, he was always, quote unquote, down the road. So we assumed it was him right away, which it, his family too, but not, not as much. Not the consent. But, yeah. um, <laughs> And he, he pretty much owned his life being down okay. there, you okay. know, the denial really came with my great grandma and that side of the family just never look back, never even tell you were anywhere near that road, down the road. Exactly. <laughs> so I can't put together my tree. I can't get past my mom. You know, I'm kind of seeing some things like, it's like, oh, well, that, that looks like that might be my mama's family, but that's not my grandma, my great grandma's name. You know, I don't know who that lady is. So I Google search and I'm also reaching out to some of my DNA matches, which I had over 900 matches right. of DNA right. of people never heard of. And a lot of them have the same last name, Right. which confused me, which can, and none of them were mine. And so I did call my cousin. I said, who are these people? And she's like, they're French Creoles. So I'm Google searching and up pops the Casborn Creoles of Louisiana, legally divided in black and white by Anissa. And wow. I said, why would she have my grandparents' name in this book? I'm just going to go ahead and email her. And actually, I did find the email, Anissa. Mm -hmm. I still have it. She had just released this book two weeks prior to me finding out this information. Had I discovered this four weeks prior, I may have never even found her book. It's amazing. So, and you helped me build this tree. You had me sit down and you told me some things about my family. I was thinking, what? How? What? How? What? I I think you have the wrong people. she knew about things that really have not been told and that's interesting because coming from where I come from it was always the buzz we knew we didn't know how we didn't know why we didn't know what the real deal was but we always knew this story amongst some other experiences and stories I've heard in my life has me very intrigued on like a psychological level, uh-huh. denial, like how the brain can deny what they see, what it brings in, what it processes, like denial is so deep, weird and awkward and crazy. So denial in a good facet versus denial in a negative or a bad facet. What these people were doing was what they thought was good. It was not a good thing to be Black in those times. And America has reduced itself to Black and white still today, in this day and time. 
on applications they ask you know, know. what I'm like there's not matter? boxes <laughs> what should it matter the color of a person's skin and they say for statistical purposes to so whose statistics I'm, I'm still wondering whose statistics because it's the identity of who you feel you are you know the ancestry dna yeah. thing has definitely changed things i mean I wasn't just the Creole that I discovered. I also discovered I was 11% Jewish, you know, which also was never told, right? So there's lots of denials in different cultures. I feel like for myself, I remember people telling me along this journey at the beginning, like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't change who you are. You're still Shanna. All those things don't matter. It doesn't change who you are. And, and I wanted to think that at first, but it did change who I was because I realized that everything they had gone through for me to be who I am today, mm-hmm. it does matter. And so once I learned the stories and once I understood and went through it all, it absolutely changed me. And really it changed me for the better. And it usually better. does. It usually does. If you're searching for answers to something that is really not truly a negative thing, again, perception, some people may take what you found out extremely hard. It may be a negative impact on them or their life or what they consider their life to be. You know, it's just all been a lie or whatnot. But truth of the matter is, is that we're all human. And if you're a good person and you have a spiritual side or If you have your identity together for the most and you go in just to have certain little answers, it can do you a whole world of good. And it really can bring people a lot closer together instead of pushing them further apart. I think it'll bring a lot more people together. I mean, I gained a whole big family, including (laughs) you. (laughs) Yes. Can you explain how it is that you came to write this book? So... We were told as children that my great-grandfather came from France, Spain, Italy, somewhere. Uh, the story changes over time. And he came on this this ship and he got involved with uh, this Black woman and he somehow was able to marry her or, you know, be with her, marry her. And that's where that side of my family came from. It fit. It fit for years. It fit generationally for years. It it described why they were biracial to an extent or somewhat mixed or considered mulattoes for a long time. It also fit with the definition of Creole, you know, a descendant of a French or Spanish settler in Louisiana or in America. I mean, the story fit. And I just thought that, like my dad's side, we could trace his ancestor that entered from Spain and uh, he married a white woman first. And then when she died, he married a black woman or had a a relationship with a black woman because the marriage is is tricky as well. His placage with her, you know, was after his wife's death. So you hear in school in, in Louisiana and in America, blacks and whites didn't mix then. It was illegal and different negative things and you grow up thinking about all of this negativity that has been placed on being biracial in America. It makes you think, it makes you wonder, do I come from all of this negativity? It doesn't always come from negativity. I don't want to take away from anyone else's story because negativity is in the eye of the beholder. But what I mean is is that every biracial person that walks in America doesn't come from a a story of rape. Every person who's biracial in America doesn't come from a story of slavery. My father has no slavery in his American ancestry, and he does not identify as Black in America. He just, he doesn't. And identifying after you grow up and you become who you are and who do you identify as or were told you were and who you feel you are really is in a sense of who that person is. And I just wanted to know who I was. Who am I? How does 
any of this fit in in my life. And then you said, correct me if I'm wrong, but growing up, you were the darkest in your family. I am. I am. Uh, put and some that... skin on the black sheep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, my you wondered that too. I mean, so you, and you also experienced probably different than your sister. I did. My, my life was different than my sisters. My life is different than my brothers. I married someone black. My children are the darkest of the grandchildren. My grandchildren are the darkest of the, the great grandchildren. And it, it's, it's different. And I'm not saying that they don't love them or they don't love us. I mean, I got a call from my father not long after I released my book as well. And he was like, well, you know, these people emailed my wife from um, Ancestry DNA and you're my daughter. They said, you're my daughter. And I'm like, well, yeah, I've been your daughter for 40 years now. Oh, so, wow. I mean, was it really in the back of his mind that because I was the darkest, I really wasn't his? And I told you, he doesn't identify. He doesn't identify as definitely not African-American, but he does not identify as Black. How did that make you feel when he said that? I actually laughed because <laughs> I knew and I know from my research and from just experience throughout life that he felt that way. I knew. I'm not going to say he ever told me anything like that or that he ever really did anything that made me feel. I mean, I just knew. Like deep down in your gut, you just know, you know? And I look a lot like my father in my older age. As a kid, I think I looked a lot more like my mom and having the browner skin. My mom and Shanna's mama, they look a lot alike. So it's weird. It it just, it skips generations. It goes, it, it comes in and out. Some are darker, some are lighter. I have two granddaughters that, same mom, same dad. One is light complected with, you know, like the softer hair and one is darker complected with not so softer hair. It's, you know, it's a little, um, little more unruly. I think you mentioned it earlier. Some come out darker, some come out more curly hair, some come out straighter and it skips generations. It's really interesting. It is <laughs> very interesting, interesting to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> so going back to your story, mm-hmm. you started to dig, but if you could share the story about like what your great-grandfather went through and why he decided to make the decision that he did. Okay. His grandmother made decisions for, which was their matriarch for, for them. Okay. She had married at 16 uh, per my research roundabout. Dates are tricky too. But round about 16, she married her first cousin, and he was also Black. And they had one child together. Per my research, he died. It's tricky. We don't have a death certificate. A lot of people say he was still alive. But just knowing the time, it would make more sense that he had died. And she wound up with a recent widow in the area and the recent widow in that area that she wound up with we're talking about the 1800s by the way was a white man and he was a sylph and <laughs> which is which is my mom's maiden name i'm a sylph correct, correct. which was a sylph so francois still frank yes. okay mm-hmm. they were together in those times blacks and whites could not be married However, they had a system in place and placage, a placage, if you want to say it more in a French tongue. But the placage of this woman with this man is honored as a marriage in that area. In that time, they bore several children, which was my great-grandfather's mother was born to them. And her name is Victorine. So they carried their father's surname. They were baptized, as in my book, Sean. He went to a Catholic church in America and had his daughter baptized with his spouse, (laughs) who was Black. Well, he was much older than her. And of course, he died. 
and she remarried again or was placed again. Well, at this point, her children come out looking white. They can now go passe, passe blanc, passing for white. So she's placed again with her new, which last name was Luffy, and they leave down the road and cross over and they move to St. Tammany Parish, Louisiana. So that trip was not from France or Spain or some foreign country. It was from another part of Louisiana and they moved and they created an entire new identity. And their identity was, was that they were white. She left her oldest child who would definitely show that she was black in that town. Now, his age at that point, he was old enough, he was probably already married or close to marriage at that point. And they had land and whatever, Blacks had land there. They were not of slavery descendants. They Well, slavery may be in another country, but not slavery in America. They were not slaves in America. They were from another country that went through their own slavery situations. But in America, they were free people of color. And he stayed there. So when she left with Francois's children and her new husband's children and moved to St. Tammany Parish, they were a white family. So that's how they did their, their transition of being, of being white. So they get there and Jarvell, which is my great-grandfather, was um, a young boy at that time. He was taken with his mother and his grandmother over to St. Tammany Parish and his mother remarried and she married someone who was also Passé Blanc, all right? So when she married a Passé Blanc, she didn't marry a full white man, which is usually the point is to marry fully white, but he was white enough, okay? And she married him. That line was created when she married him. So Victorine was remarried to an Ordon, but they all were not as white content. And the contents are explained in my book, um, Mulatto 50-50, and then you can move up into being basically fully white. And this is called How, How Much You Dilute by marrying white over and over again. So Darville fell in love with one of her new husband's nieces. So of course they were not related. He fell in love with her, but she was obviously black because her father married a former slave. Most of Augustine's children chose to marry white people. Okay. Not everybody could. You have to look more white. You have to date in the white room. So a lot of them owned it and went white. And the ones that owned it and went white, they wound up going all the way to the Supreme Court to get their feelings hurt. That's also in the book. That they were not pure white. That she was Black and she did the change. And, you know, to this day, I go to Louisiana and I see these people and they still, even with my book written, they won't speak to me. They will not. They will not look at me. They will not acknowledge it. Play bingo in the bingo hall with, with them and they stay away. They won't even hold eye contact at all, you know. So it is still a secret to them. It is still the denial. It's set in so deep. They don't want to hear it. It's blasphemy to them. It is wrong. Why would she print something like that? I mean, it went to the Supreme Court, people. This is not, I mean, <laughs> it's not a secret. It's just, you know, live in your world and I'll live in mine, but we okay. share the same earth. So anywho, he, he married someone who you could tell was black and she had a slave ancestry which was really not accepted and I'm quite sure from the paperwork I've read Augustine totally did not want that marriage to take place she had provided him with a white life um some of her sons just never got married because the men don't change I mean it's very it was very dangerous if he would have married white. So he needed to marry as light as possible. 
if that makes sense. He was supposed to marry as light as possible, meaning not dark skin, not showing African ancestry. Um, Probably like me. Right. Yes. Oh, yeah. You were born when the change had already been placed. There was no way you were going to marry black. You were going to marry white and they were going to ensure that you were going to marry white. That I can guarantee to you. So, so he really was the black sheep of the family then. <laughs> he became, he became, he became, yes. And how did they accept that around St. Tammany at the time? Burning of houses. They thought he was a white man being with a black woman. And the truth be told, he wasn't even white himself. He looks white. He died a white man. He, di he died, you know, they felt like he was white. As the time changed throughout history, that time span, um, my, my grandfather was born in 1909. So by the time my mom came along, um, my grandfather's children, my mom, she knew she was mulatto to an extent. She knew she was mixed. How? She didn't know. A lot of secrets were kept. They were next door to children that were their cousins and they wasn't even allowed to play with them. I've heard that same story from my family. Yeah, not at all allowed to associate. They were white and they, they stuck to their white ground. And especially if the woman married a white man, you couldn't associate with your black family. Anyone who showed the obviousness of color, I'll put it that way. Italian is used quite often. Spanish is used quite often. But these are historical mulatto people. Italians are mulattoes, everybody. Listen today. If you're Italian, you have African ancestry. <laughs> the Moors crossed the Strait of Gibraltar. The Moors were Black. They were from Africa. Egypt is in Africa, people. Morocco is in Africa, people. I know we've redone the whole world to state that they're Middle Eastern. Look at the globe. Pointed out on there. I mean, I had that argument with my sister. My sister was like, Egypt is not Africa. And you went, you actually went to some of these places in, in your journey. I have. I went to Africa, definitely. Definitely. I haven't been to North Africa. I'm headed. I'm headed. I'm headed to North Africa. I went to South Africa in my journey. I went there because they had three levels of race there. And that was oh. so interesting to me. The three caste system. Yes. So they had white, colored, and black. And colored would be equal to being a mulatto. And so let's talk about that mulatto. Okay. Some people see that um, term as very, very derogatory. Oh, I wow. mean, they don't like it. I've I'm heard sure. that. I think that a lot of people don't realize that, that at one point, there was more of mixed race in Louisiana than there was of not black or white everybody wants it to be black or white the three-tier system doesn't work for them because where do you place the the middle tier that's where the one drop rule came in and they created this rule well if you have one drop of black blood in you you're black we're not taking any chances we don't want our good white kids to wind up marrying someone who has african ancestry if you just put them all in this category if they have one drop of black blood, put them over here. They're black now. They've been stained. It's a problem. You know, America. It's just easier for them to put everybody in a box. That's why you're still checking a box on your job applications. And you're checking a box on your children's school application. And you're checking a box at your doctor's office to state what you are, who you are. And it doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. I deal with identity now. What is your identity? Who do you identify as? Because for me, I identify as other. I have always identified as other. I will continue to identify as other, period. I'm, I'm other. I'm not black or white. It is not that simple. I am not that person. <laughs> I'm, I'm just uh. not. Growing up here in Colorado, people used to always ask me, like, what are you mixed with? And I was like, what? I'm not mixed with anything. I'm white. What are you talking about? <laughs> you I, know, they're I like, well, it. you know, you, you look like you're mixed with something. And my kids went through the same thing. But then after this whole, you know, <laughs> all these years, 
when someone asks me now, like, what, what are you mixed with? They still ask me. I'm like, that is a long story. And it I'm going to need probably like a few hours to explain that. But you know, what's really interesting is that I'm more German than anything. And I was very foolish to believe and think that that German had only come from my father. Now knowing, you know, coming from Ambrose Haydell and some of the Germans who were on those same boats as the French yes. and who knew there were German Creoles. I mean, like, I, and that's what my new journey is. It's my German Creole side. Well, I'm going to definitely like that one because I'm not sure if we have it's that same line, but I do have Manuel Andre in my tree. Yes. And, you know, and I'm not proud of that. And some of those things were really hard to swallow. To read. Mm-hmm. I, you know, how did you deal with that? That wasn't a direct of mine. It was not a direct ancestor of mine. I think I went through it with you. I just yeah. never really, I didn't have to deal with slavery in that portion of my direct line. That book totally does not touch on the fact that he married someone with a slave history um, is, is where the slavery came yeah. into that line. But it was after slavery was over. It was, you know, something totally different. And that's a whole nother book that they want me to write. But I, I need to do one for my dad's side first. But when I went through that with you, literally, I did the research and I did it with you. And I was like, you know, Shana, you're going to find some very tough things. And I remember us having this conversation. You're going to be have to accept them and pray on them and, and understand that times were a lot different back then than they are now. And things that our ancestors have done, whether it have been good or bad or whatever, it's just about knowing the truth and about how to prevent it from happening again and, and how to protect yourself as a human being and your soul, your mind moving forward and dealing with the public and dealing with some of the things that we're seeing in today's time. I mean, it just, it breaks my heart. Some of the things I see, and that's on the white side, the black side, the mixed side, the, the people, the essence of really honestly, everything that makes up this country it's not all bad. And some of it is, and we have to accept that some of it is, and we have to know how to move forward. You can't bear his, his sins. This work is not easy. I was open to really knowing the truth of it, right? And yeah, um, yes, sure. but first of all, um, Anissa helped me with like my first 20, you know, she, she helped me with like a, a large chunk of my tree. And she said, Shanna, get to know all of them learn their stories. You know, I could tell you some of them, but it's not my journey. It's yours. And Anissa, it was the most beautiful gift you had given me. Truly, truly. I can't thank you enough. It's been, I'm going to cry. It's been the biggest healing of my life. Awesome. And that's what I wanted it to be for you. Sitting there telling you the stories and it's almost like a, a brainwashing if I would have did it that way. It's like, oh, I met her, you know, this is what she told me. And yeah, it was pretty cool, you know, and you keep it moving. But what I told you was because I knew you wanted a deeper relationship. We have relationships with our ancestors, people. Oh, yeah. We do. We have relationships with our ancestors just like we have relationships with our living relatives. And those relationships could be good. Those relationships could be bad. You want a lot more of the good relationships and to have an understanding than you want. Yeah, you do. The bad. I've gone through shameful periods knowing what some of my ancestors did. They're not the ones that I connected with. The ones that I connected with, slaves. And even though you may see one as weak or strong, let me tell Mm -hmm. you, it is the lineages of Mm -hmm. the worst stories I've ever heard that -hmm. these people went through, Mm -hmm. that I've gathered my strength because I am a result of them. And they, and I am so proud and thankful that I even exist because of them. Exactly. And to own it, to be proud of it is... It's what they would have wanted. They prayed for that. You know they did. Yes, yes. 
they would have wanted for you to be proud no matter what. You know, we live on as a result of our ancestors. We could not be here if it was not for one the ones before us. I agree, my black ancestors, my white ancestors, I have gathered a lot from all of them. And my identity in its entirety is based on all of them, not just one, you know? Some of them, that's why they changed over to be white. They were running from the Jim Crow laws. These people would have never decided to be anything other than who they were and what they were if it were not for Jim Crow laws. I would have to be a second-class citizen and I have the chance to go be white and I'm going to go and own my piece of America sooner than later. They did not see that ending. Please, please note. Yeah. They did not see an end to that. That was their grim reality at that point in life. And it was like, run and go be white or live here as a second-class citizen for the rest of my life and my children's lives and children's children's lives and whatever, we have to do something about it. So they were courageous in their own right. I do not, and I told you that, and I said, each person's journey and the reason why they made the decisions they made, they made them for the greater good. I don't think they did it for negativity. They had to leave a lot behind. People listen to me. Many of them could not speak to their own brothers and sisters anymore. We didn't even know they existed. People didn't even know she had brothers because the brothers would have carried the last name that would have absolutely pointed to where she was from. I was so angry. Yeah. And you were really there for me, you know, saying much like you just said, but it was something that I really truly had to go through. Yes. to experience for myself, to even find that forgiveness and understanding. Yes, exactly, exactly. So what I told you, I'll walk with you. I'll hold your hand yeah. to a certain point. But at one point or another, you if you really want to know, you have to move forward yourself and you have to keep digging. And don't let it get past you. Keep digging, keep digging. Call me every now and then. Let me know what's going on with your research because this, this right now, honey, is going to be your journey at this point. This is about you. I said, I did mine. I wrote mine in the book. <laughs> Our ancestors not cut and dry because of this. Right. Because, I mean, my great-grandma's name is completely different. The first name and the last name. When Anisa helped me discover this, I, I mean, it blew my head off my body. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when I told you to dig in those papers? I said, go dig, go dig. You have to go to those papers and you have to dig. But I I had to pick my jaw off the ground first. It it just was so shocking to me, but I really needed to know what it was that someone would go to those lengths. 85-year-old secret, huge family. And why would someone deny their culture, the memories, their, their story? The pictures that I've received and the stories that I've now learned about her through her brother's families mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. didn't pass. And mm-hmm. I mean, of course, like Anissa said, I mean, our, my family has grown so much through this. Yes. And I wish I would have known those stories growing up. Mm-hmm. I mean, no regrets. I do believe that everything, you know, happens in its time. But I think it's time. Yeah, I, that's just it's kind overdue. of why well <laughs> overdue. But I, you know, there's a lot of history that hasn't been told. You won't find a bunch of books on Creoles right. in a library. How many? Right. And most of them will be cookbooks. Exactly. They think we're a, a dinner choice. <laughs> it's really sad because being as though it's coming out, there are more people of color choose to identify. We got to use that word again. Choose to identify as Creole. A lot of the the white, per se, will not. Now they'll say they're Cajun. Cajun, yep. They'll say they're Cajun. So it's an interesting spin on words. And, and you know, I've learned so much through Shanna's journey because I had no idea what either one meant. I had no clue. Like there's a lot of this history that I was so clueless to. 
but I will tell you when I did my ancestry, I felt so much shame and sadness that I was as white as white gets because I, I didn't want to be, <laughs> I didn't, I, I'm serious. I called Shannon. I was just like, Oh my God, like I'm as white as white gets because I felt shame. I, I do. I carry that. At, especially after hearing stories like, like what I've learned through Shanna's journey. Mm -hmm. Don't be ashamed, own it, and just be a better white person. Because this, this was so life-changing for me, and because I am going through it, and because of all the history that I learned that hasn't been taught to anybody, mm -hmm. uh, definitely not in your American history books, I feel like I'd want to share it with people because I feel like it would make a difference if they knew okay. the truth, or at least if they were able to expand even their knowledge of their own ancestors and learning okay. that we all have, you know, right. these roots behind us. It changed me as a human being, not just as Shanna, you know, as, right. as just a human. My son had said, mom, you are a white woman. Nobody wants to hear about racial issues from a white woman. And I said, well, I understand that. But my grandma, who wasn't really a white woman, had absolutely denied who she was. And people don't even know that was actually a real thing that happened. Right. So when I share it with people and they're like, wow, my God, I didn't realize that. I'm like, Did yeah, you draw for you? No, no, no. I don't think it, I never make it about me. I just try to stick to the history and the fact that, did you even realize that Louisiana was more than just one fucking state? I mean, it was 16, it touched on 16 places up and down the Mississippi. No, I have to first point don't. out that. <laughs> I know. Just almost giving them those breadcrumbs mm -hmm. to go and discover the real truth about mm -hmm. how this country started. Mm -hmm. People to this day, when I spoke to the DNA cousin that I'm working on, our story, he is a very, very high content of German. I'm a lot lower content of German and more French and Spanish. But I knew the German was there and I never knew how. And I'm working on how now. You kind of put it together. It was Germans on the boats with the French and the Spanish that were coming over at that time. It gets to be really tricky. And then you have to look at the way it opens up when you look. You start off with a mom and a dad. And then you have 10,000 people that are related to you in a tree. And you, you know, you're trying to get to know every last one of them. So can you imagine how much? How much my brain suffers. Oh, my God. And what, what was so funny, Anissa, is I said, well, I found all about this one. And then you said, you just wait. They're going to keep knocking on the door. And oh, my God, I was wrapped up in that shit for years. It was like I had miles of ancestors <laughs> waiting for me. <laughs> they just keep knocking and knocking. It's like, I want to be heard. I need to be seen. I need you to know my story, too. This is important. Listen to me. Listen to me. And I'm. I'm like, and I told you sometime I just have to shut off my phone, shut off my computer. You were interested and you were ready to dig. I and was ready. And you know what? Difference. I realized that healing needed to be done. But guess what? In January, my cousin and I took a, took a road trip to Dave Ann. Oh, wow. I had been in contact with my mom's first cousin. They actually lived in the home that my great-grandmother's mother lived in. Um, oh, in wow. And so we, we show up to this little, I mean, I, I think it's a store. I mean, it was kind of like an in-between a gas station with no gas and, <laughs> and they had a few people in there and they on the back of the wall, there was all these black and white pictures. So I'm, I'm looking at the pictures <clears throat> on the wall and all of a sudden I sense this lady next to me Okay. and she's looking at the pictures now too. Yeah. And I'm like, um, I think my family lived here then. And she was like, who's your people? Mm -hmm. we all there was six people in that store and every one of them were related to yeah with my grandparents last names and so and of course they knew who had sent us to the cemetery well the constable walks in and says well, let me take you on a tour oh and there wow. we follow him and he tells me all this right here was your land and, mm -hmm. and then he said, this is where the first French Creole school was. This is where oh, I went and where, you know, he's saying, and my grandparents went and your, oh, your great grandparents went. We went to the cemetery, which is one of the oldest there. I was standing literally on my family's tree. Wow. And wow. it was, 
it was amazing. All of them, their last names and all the people, my tree and, and I'm sure some of yours and because yes, there was even definitely. films and it was one of the most beautiful experiences of my life. First of all, these people are relentless. They yes. have not only have they gone through racism. I mean, and some right. of the worst racism comes from Plaquemines with having Leander Perez in office for over 50 years. One yes. of the most racist, segregated. Can you imagine? No, I would like to do history. The, yeah. I would love to do history, you know? But, you know, my papa did not like that man. He, my, everyone will tell you in my family that he hated him. But okay. so they've also gone through so many hurricanes. And when you hear yeah. that hurricanes yeah. took out New Orleans, let me tell you about what happened to, you know, yeah. the yeah. mouth of the Mississippi. And then BP oil spill. These yeah. people have gone through so much. <clears throat> so that house that they lived in is no longer there because Katrina right. took it out. And they no longer have a business there because BP oil spill took it out. And, but yet they stay. Some of them stayed for, for all these generations. I don't know. Maybe some of them are suffering from what their ancestors did. They still hide it. They still don't want to admit a lot of it. In the fact that we know what took place. We know that racism broke up literal families back then. Yeah. But the living have to own their own ancestry. Each person is responsible for knowing their own or for, for learning about their own and for understanding it. You know, I know for a fact that I have traits from my ancestors. I, I know yeah. for a fact, I'm not, I'm not confused on that. That's right. That's something I'm, I know for a fact. I can look them up and I can read about them. And I have wrote about them because I carry them with me you are what you're made of and you have to identify it and, and know about it in order to either keep the movement going or to, to know about it, to be strong about it. I do want to touch on the fact of what, what your son said to you. In a child's mind, and whether they're an adult child or a child child, your identity is that of a white woman. Mm-hmm. It's not going to affect you or him but he feels it though it, it will when I say affect I mean in a on a yeah he fears for that I'll yes be, yeah. correct that's I'm trying yeah. to say that yeah. in, in the, that's in exactly the it. he doesn't want you to get hurt behind what you found you know and that means destroying uh, relationships that you have or that you could gain or would gain or you know learning about it sharing it and you have you've come you've come a long way also knowing your the struggles and the limitations that are set even with learning about it and sharing it but anisa the one thing i've learned probably the most is that white privilege is a real fucking thing and i needed you to say that And that, to me, is one of the reasons why I want to speak out. Because if you ever fucking thought that maybe that wasn't a thing, I am proof. Your experience and my experience, and I have this conversation with people when they still tell me, yeah, you know, I don't know why Black people really think that that's a thing. Um, mm, I don't think Black people think it's a thing. In America, it is a thing. It's the darndest thing. It has to affect white America in that facet in order for change to come. And I say that because there's a story of a young white woman from Michigan who went down south to fight during the Martin Luther King era, the civil rights movement. Her name was Viola. But Viola was killed during that time she was killed and she is historically famous she is a white woman from michigan where where i actually currently live um i learned about her years before i ever did this book just on a whole 
civil rights movement research project that I was working on, trying to learn about it. But if it wasn't for young white American women and men that just knew that it was something wrong going on, that stood up, that helped out, the civil rights movement would have never been successful. White people controlled this country at that time. And although some of them still believe that they are more privileged than Blacks and that they deserve more or that they've done more for this country than Black people have done in, in their way of thought, if it wasn't for the white Americans that stood up for Black people, we would not be anywhere today. And, that, and that's just the truth. Whether well, it's a real white person or a half white person or a passe white person or yeah. whatever, this woman was a white woman from America that stood up for Black people and wind up being killed for it. She, she paid the ultimate price. She was sacrificed in that era and is known for being sacrificed. And then she was a young college student. She jumped How on a bus. We, yeah, but why don't all of us know that story? I don't know that story. It's there. It's there. It's in the history. It's the innuendos in all of the, the movies you watch and in all of the books you read. And it's there. And just like your ancestors, in order to find out about it, you have to seek it, you have to research it, have to find it. And that's just a librarian in me. Before I was even a librarian, the reader in me, the researcher in me, the, the person that dug and went beyond what I was told and what I was taught. And I need to know more and I need to find it. And I'm going to dig for it because... All white people are not bad. All black people are not bad. And definitely all others, <laughs> myself <laughs> included, are not bad people. We all can make mistakes. We all can do something that's not always perfect per se. But to say that the color of someone's skin makes them more perfect or, or better than another is the most ignorant and derogatory exactly. thing that could ever be spoken or said. You know, and it's hurtful. It's it's really hurtful. You know, it's ridiculous. Viola Greg Luzo, L I U Z Z O. Yes, that's her. She was murdered by members of the Ku Klux, Klux Klan. Klan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was a activist in the civil rights movement in the 1960s. Yes, wow. Yes, thank was. you. For her up. I'm gonna thank you. Please for do. Read yeah, about her. See? She's yeah. she's that's the thing. She's one of the people I idolize in American history. Well, there's also another one, a young white priest, mm -hmm. for lack of better, they may have killed. been a reverend, who yeah. was murdered I do know that in, story. in Alabama because mm -hmm. he came down to support the efforts of the civil rights movement. The control and the sickness of a racist is satanic. What would you like to see changed in the history books, in the education, in the schools? What would I like to see changed? I would like the truth to be told. That would be amazing. You mean not just a I little didn't paragraph? Start learning a lot of the truth. Exactly. I didn't start learning a lot of the truth until I started finding my own truth. I had wonderful professors. I went to a Catholic college here in Michigan. <laughs> Yeah, we keep um, talking about that all day. <laughs> yeah, I went to a Catholic college here in Michigan. I don't practice Catholicism. I was born and raised Catholic. But come on, you got to tell the story about how you went to the archdiocese. You went up in that church. <laughs> Did you get those documents? Not today. She's an investigator, put it that way. And she did a lot of freaking work. And, and I know that that has impacted. I still need so them. Many. I need them for a few more documents. And after I get those documents, <laughs> we'll talk about that one, okay? I promise. We'll talk about it. I love you. We will. We will talk but you know what, Anissa? What I told my son was this. Not talking about it, son, is the problem. It is. I said that is the problem pretending it doesn't happen or that I didn't just find out all this history and me not talking about it that's the problem you're exactly right getting out of the history book so when she brought up what would I like to see change if you don't 
tell the truth, if you don't express it, if you don't teach the future generations, we're going to go right back into, we could, we were close. I think we were so close to civil war, literally. I mean, you know, a lot of people think I'm just. No, I thought the same. Crazy, no, but, I, <laughs> I mean, right here in this country, in this day and time, from the time that what we met. Shocking. It wasn't like that. To no. now we've been knowing each other and we've been through that. And then it seems like through that whole time we couldn't even connect. It was just life. But we didn't. And now that it's over, all of a sudden here we come again and we can meet up and, and sit and talk. That was exhausting for a lot of Americans. It was exhausting. It Her. was a lot. It was a lot. You know what I'm having a problem with lately and one of my struggles is is I don't trust what people call facts. <laughs> like it's okay. Fact. Who, right. What are the facts? How do we know that anything's a fact anymore when we have people higher up that control everything we can see, get access to? We don't trust fucking any of it. In this actual research, you bring up an excellent point because Shana and I, in, in her document search, were literally able to pinpoint the documents. Oh. We that saw were used to change black to white. Now, this is interesting because a lot of times you don't find the actual documents. But for some reason in her case, I was like, Shana, I think you can do this. I think you can do this. I really, matter of fact, we I were led. Do this. We were led. We were, we were honestly. Going. I said, you and I held hands. Somebody held our hand through that shocking i mean literally you could actually see a line through one last name yep. and replaced with another last name exactly. i mean and it was not even her maiden name it was her mother's maiden name it was. i mean it just the proof was so black and white <laughs> that was <laughs> my son was living with my mom there for six months mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he moved back he did not move back because he doesn't love new orleans or he doesn't love his family but he just, he hasn't grown up in that culture. Exactly. He doesn't understand that. You know, David Duke lives in, you know, the same yeah. city as my mom. He has never witnessed that before. And, you know, I'm glad that he did. Witnessed what before? Like racism, racism at its finest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, racism at its finest, honey. Y'all want to hear a funny story about David Duke? Oh, yes. When I was a kid. Is a white family that moved in. And guess where they were from? Plaquemines Parish. Their ancestors were the neighbors of my ancestors. The Turnages moved in next door to my mom's house when we were kids. My mom was a divorced single mother at the time. And a white family, her husband, wife, and three children moved in next door to our home. We lived in a small town in Louisiana. Nice brick houses, middle-class neighborhood. We walked to school every day. The people come out to post David Duke signs. So whenever he was running for that election in history, I don't know what year it happened. They came to put out the signs, you know, and the people next door was like, yeah, you can put a sign. And I'm sitting out on the porch and I'm like, I'm like I know they're not going to put this damn David Duke sign out here you know, on this street. You got black neighbors on this side, black people on this side, another white family right here, white family across the street, black family across the street. We don't want a David Duke sign on our street. Okay. But it's their line. You do what you want to do. So they come to tap it into the ground. Same thing they do today in America. They tap the little lawn signs. And it's David Duke and it with these blue and white signs. I'll never forget it. So the guy comes down a little further. And he's like, can we put out? I said, man, you put a David Duke sign out. Of I said, my mama going to come home and kill me. I said, you need to pick up that one you put over there. I'm like, no, we don't want a David Duke sign. We don't need those problems on this street, sir. Please, you and your little signs, just go away. Go away. Go away. So that evening, the wife came home and she gets out of her car and she snatches the sign off the ground and throws it in the garbage and they removed their own sign. But the husband and the wife's view was totally, obviously different, but in a, in a political aspect, you can live in the same household. These people's ancestors was the neighbors of my ancestors, guys. Listen. What's going on in your life, in your household, in your world? 
can come back around. Oh, well, you want to hear the craziest story about Mandy and her ancestors. Okay. So the Putman sisters accused my ancestor and Pudiator of being a witch. And she was 70 years old when she was hung as a witch. Salem area? She was in the, she was one of the 20 that were hung in the Salem. Okay, go ahead. I'm, I'm a historian. I'm sorry. I know a lot. Oh, no, no, it's all good. Okay. Then Shannon and I did a retreat here in Colorado and there was two girls who joined our retreat, the Putnam sisters. And Shanna found that in that the Putnams were in their ancestry. So us three are sitting around doing like some <laughs> inner work in Colorado in the mountains. Like what are the odds? <laughs> what are the odds? It happens. So you see. What I'm saying, a lot of people think I'm I'm like crazy when I say these things. Uh-uh. Historically, it comes back around. It's gonna yes. touch somewhere. If you can find it, that was one of your pivotal moments. You found it. You found your cross. You found that cross to bear. You actually knew, you understood, you knew the story behind it. You knew. Do you know how many people are walking around lost in this day and time who has no sense of who they are, where they came from, what it really is, what has happened, what has been done. It's it's crazy. But that's because amazing. then you, once you know, then you get to choose to change. You can look back and say, this has been happening for generations. Generations. And this Correct. shit stops with me. Right here with me right now at this moment. Yes. And acceptance of differences is what America needs to focus on. But the the greed of the old money is what we are still living under a curse from now. Slaves have never got reparations. Slaves, you know, and we we took in a whole nother country's issues and gave their, their people reparations at times. And it didn't even happen here on this soil. It had nothing to do with this country. And something that you did to a whole race of people that live here in your country today, you won't even acknowledge. You never gave reparation, you know? It's just, it's kind of sad. Do you know that I read something and you said that by the year 2055, I think they predict that everyone will be another in America? And I I agree. I think I've always seen that as a, the turnout of of what would happen. Let's talk about that. It happened in France for the most part at one point in history. It's happened in Spain, one point in history. It's happened in Greece and places like that. They are others, guys. The majority of those people are others. Why would you only want to be one thing? I don't know. When you do your in ancestry and you realize how many, I mean, I don't, my ancestors are long and I've done a lot of, I've helped a lot of people do their trees and I never see anything so colorful, but you know what? I'm connected to all of those people all over the world. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. You have a really interesting mix with your, with your father and especially, and just know I got some trauma girl. I know it's, it's so amazing. It's amazingly you. (laughs) It's amazingly you. It is what it is. It is. We're human beings. That's right. All of us. We're all human beings. We're part of one race. I need for people to understand this. We're all part of one race. We're part of the human race. That is really, truly the only race. There is no difference in any of that that makes anybody any different. All of the studies that were performed and all of the stuff in the cranium and the this and the whatever. And ridiculousness. Ridiculousness, okay? Ridiculousness. Interesting, but I, I wrote about that. I do a thing called Raw and I wrote about the time I sat with my brother's master sergeant. Okay. And my brother was killed in 2007 in Iraq and was right next to him when it happened. And I'll never forget his sergeant telling me he wanted to go live in Afghanistan. And this was after he'd done eight tours. And I thought to myself, okay. why in the hell would you want to go live you in want Afghanistan? To live? I thought he would want to never leave American soil again after what he had seen and the things okay. that he'd done. And mm-hmm. he said, Mandy, those people are so kind and they're so hospitable and they're so 
grateful. So in my writing, I talked about how his stories made me realize that those people, those are our aunts and uncles right now over there yeah. that are afraid yeah. to come out of their home that are falling off of airplanes. Those people are our aunts, our cousins, our neighbors, our friends, yes. our uncles, our others, our daughters. Humans yes. are human. People yes, are people. Are. Yes, they are. Yes. Period. It is. And it's that thought process that if America could get there and realize that we're all of one race, we're a human race. And if you could just love one another for your likes yeah, and your differences, you know what I mean? And just keep it moving. The world would yeah. be such a better place. It would just mm. be a better place. My dream. Entirely. And, and mine too. To, to and I think it will. If the to thing is, is that people don't realize that this is still new. The racism in America, America is new. People don't think about all of this. Yeah. They think yeah. it's so old and it doesn't, you know, oh God, get over it so long ago. It wasn't, it's it still wasn't. happening. So it there's is. gonna, it's gonna take time to heal. You, ha- you cannot just put a bandaid on shit. I agree. And America bases a lot on what that 12 step program, always hear that the first step is admitting that there is a problem. Always. There is a problem. America needs a 12-step program designed yes. to get us out of this mess we're in with understanding, not understanding. And, and each person that walks into that 12-step program and admits that there's a problem would be able to walk through the other steps to heal and to understand and to move forward takes about a 12-step program. I don't know the other steps, so. Step one is that I admit that I am powerless over alcohol and that my life has become unmanageable. So, so um, I admit that I am a racist and and I am ignorant to the fact that we are all of the human race and it has taken a power over me. Amen. And you know, you what, know I mean? what? I mean, yeah. just work out a, a 12-step program for them and get them on their way to being better human beings. All yeah, right, because bro. that creates change. I'm on it. It does. Look at how race and racism is just affecting the world today. What about the Meghan Markle and Prince Harry marriage? It was just supposed to be this beautiful thing. It was not going to be any racism over it. It was going to be, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then you find out that, of course, they're worrying about how dark the baby might come out. Future children may come out. Guys, these are the untold true stories. Listen, people worry about this stuff. 2021. 2021, they're worried about it. I predict that 100 years from now, when we could look down and watch a podcast Mm -hmm. going on, it'll be an alien from another planet on theirs. You know what I mean? <laughs> talking the same shit. It'd be, it'd be interested in here. <laughs> but, but I yes. thought it was hilarious. The Pope said, well, if, if they're real, I will baptize them. Yeah. Why not, huh? You, you're baptizing everybody else, fool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so I guess you say we'll take them too. They, they yep, yep. Jesus in their life. <laughs> oh, my God. And now it's time for Break That Shit Down. If you take one thing from this episode and you learn something new today, talking with me, that right there would make me happy. That's my last thought. If you learned one new thing today through this episode, that would make me really happy. Well, I mean, Mandy says it all the time. We're students for life. Yes, always. Always. We should always be willing to expand. Definitely. Expand knowledge. Learn something new every day. And if you learn something new, then, you know, I learned something new that your ancestor was one of the 20 in that uh, Salem, which is always interesting. Very interesting to me. I don't just research my own ancestry. I research history, period. God, thank you so much. Felt like um, I just wanted to thank you too for um, guiding Shanna. And it's been beautiful to see and hear how you have helped Shanna on her journey. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And you are very welcome. And Shanna is a better person for it. She Mm -hmm. is uh, wiser because of it. And I'm so proud of it. 
Let me tell you, I'm proud. I'm so proud of where I come from, but I have to laugh. It was like summertime. Mandy came over and I was watering my grass and she walks up and she goes, you could have never passed in the summer. (laughs) (laughs) She gets dark. She does. She gets dark. (laughs) It is. It is. is. You have a beautiful inner tan that no one could ever take from you. (laughs) Love you, Anissa. I appreciate you you so much. Many blessings. You too. Join me on my ancestral journey as I untangle my roots and set out to uncover the stories of our forgotten culture and discover true history never told. You can find my special mini series on my ancestral journey on Sense of Soul Patreon, along with many other benefits and episodes, monthly readings, women's circles, and much more. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.